Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Talkbox Radio. Thank you for joining me. Tonight we're going to talk about social anxiety and ways to overcome it. Do you suffer from social anxiety or what's called social anxiety disorder? It's basically more common than you may think. find yourself avoiding situations because of an anxiety you can't necessarily put your finger on, but you will you might even plan your day around avoiding certain social interactions. Does this sound like you or someone you know? Has this some, been something you've been carrying with you and you find difficult to talk about or share with anybody? Well, What I'm going to be doing is giving you some information um, that I am finding in my research on WikiHow. As well, I'll be interjecting my thoughts along the way. And I, of course, welcome your calls. If you'd like to share uh, your experiences with our callers, uh, excuse me, with our listeners, if you have any thoughts you'd like to share, I would love to hear from you. So how to overcome social anxiety? First of all, you need to identify if you have it or not before you decide you have it. You know, So as I was saying, do you go out of your way to avoid certain situations so that you're not going to have to talk to a certain person or talk to a group of people? Do you find yourself worrying as in anxiety? Do you worry about the up-and-coming thing you're going to be doing where you may encounter these people. This is a form of anxiety, a form of social anxiety most likely. Okay, so you want to meet people, make friends, and share yourself with the world, but social interactions can be nerve-wracking for all of us. People with social anxiety constantly doubt their social adequacy. Constantly doubt their social adequacy and worry about what might happen if people don't like them or if they say or do the wrong thing. Does this sound like you? Although therapy can be very useful for people who suffer from social anxiety disorder, 
There are a number of techniques you can try to cure your anxiety without the need for professional help. As I say, these tips are given on wikihow.com. Part 1 of 5. Learn to recognize the situation and people that make you anxious. This is about recognizing your triggers. What triggers? What sends you into the state of anxiety? Do you feel that pang of anxiety when you walk into the classroom or the lunchroom? Maybe certain people like your boss or coworkers trigger your anxiety when you interact with them. Maybe you clam up in a group of close friends when the conversation turns to certain topics. So you're not really relaxed. You may be withdrawing and then you're you're afraid. You have anxiety about what's being talked about. Pay attention to the moments in which you feel anxiety. What causes it? When do you feel it? Also, pay attention to the situations you tend to avoid. Do you always sit by yourself at lunch rather than asking to sit with others? Always turn down invitations to parties? Do you hurry past coworkers gathering to go for happy hour drinks? Do you avoid using public restrooms? The second tip here is to make a list of places that make you anxious. Take a notebook with you when you go out and keep it handy. When you feel anxious, make a note of it. Describe where you are, who is with you, and what you're feeling. Be specific. Now, by the way, this is the same thing a therapist is going to do as far as asking you questions. What are you feeling in this situation? You know, what what was happening at that time? This kind of thing. So now this is saying, this is suggesting that you can find a pathway to that information for yourself by keeping a notebook with you. What is the notebook going to do? It's going to help you become conscious of what's going on. Conscious of just the the basic feelings you're having. Conscious of when it's happening because you could have anxiety and all you're thinking about is how you're going to avoid this situation. And then after it's over, you have no record of what was going on at the time. All your your whole concern is, you know, how am I going to avoid this? And then when you're in the middle of it, now you're there, you're, you may be feeling anxiety, but you're not going to be thinking about it in a detailed way that if you write it down, you'll be able to go back over. It's kind of like if you have a dream. Has this ever happened to you where you thought you might like to write the dream down? And you wake up and you say, I'm going to remember that. I'll remember it. No problem. And then five minutes goes by and you have forgotten the detail. So that's why keeping a notebook with you is handy. And by the way, if you're worried about what other people are going to say you can just you can you can have a boundary about that you can say i just i'm just i'm just writing some notes to myself about something you don't have to be specific because if one of the issues is that you're you're feeling anxious about being scrutinized criticized um then it may be best at this time not to not to give the information why you want why you have this notebook it's 
really nobody's business after all. And if you have a cell phone and you're not, you're, you know, it's it's about notating what's going on. So if it's easier just to text yourself the details about what's going on, you could do that too. But a notebook is nice because you can just leaf through the pages and, and add to add to what you've written. So this goes on to say, uh, once you know what I'm going to actually excuse me, I'm going to backtrack. So take a notebook with you when you go out and keep it handy. When you feel anxious, make a note of it. Describe where you are, who is with you, and what you're feeling. Be specific. Keeping a journal is a great way to talk without fear of judgment. Keep one and write in it regularly. Personalize it with drawings, photographs, and quotations that you enjoy. Now, in a way, if you think about it, if you're suffering from social anxiety, this is actually a safer way than talking to a therapist because you may also be measuring what you're saying in therapy because you're afraid the therapist is going to judge you. I am not saying you you shouldn't go to see a therapist. I'm not saying therapists are bad. No, 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 because therapists could be very, very helpful. What I'm saying is no matter what you do, and if you're not in a position to see a therapist right now, you can still help yourself tremendously even if you are seeing a therapist, do this notebook thing. Because the notebook is an unabridged you. You don't have to edit it. You don't have to worry about what you're saying. Just put it all in there. And keep it in a private place. Do not share it with anybody else. That's the point of the journal. Or as some call it, a diary. It is a private book. It is to be kept between you and yourself. That's what gives it the power it has, the the private aspect of that. So nobody else is going to be reading it, judging what you're writing. This is not a writing exercise. This is not a creative writing class. This is just you being with yourself and that book and writing whatever comes to you, whatever it is. And don't judge what you're writing down. You can write down whatever you want to, okay? It's okay. Don't edit what you're writing. Just write it down, whatever comes to you. Okay. Okay, make a list of the places that make you anxious. So that's what we talked about. Now, we're going to order the list that's that you've written out into an exposure hierarchy. Exposure hierarchy. Look at your list of anxiety triggers and order them from least to most intimidating. Least to most intimidating. So we're going from the easiest situations to the worst situations. The things that you will avoid the most will be will be at the the highest order. Okay? So give them whatever you want to go from one to five, okay? So at the bottom of the list, be speaking in, I'm sorry, at the bottom of the list might be speaking in class or asking a stranger for directions, while at the top of the list might be asking someone to a dinner date or singing karaoke. It's up to you 
but be completely honest. So just to be clear, the top and the bottom of the list, the highest, you know, you can you can write values to this. So one one might be not as scary, five is the scariest. So number these things, okay? So so speaking in front of people might be the scariest, give it a five. Uh Talking to someone uh, passing in the hall or on the street, maybe a three. I mean, we're crediting the fact that there's anxiety in every single thing that you're listing and not minimizing any of these things you're putting down just because you're giving them different numbers, okay? It's just about getting in touch with what makes you the most uncomfortable, so... And in order to get real about how you're numbering these items from one to five, whatever it is you want to, whatever numbers you want to use, you could say one to three. It doesn't matter. But the highest number will be the scariest number for you. So just visualize yourself, you know, close your eyes, picture yourself in the situation and what number are you giving it. Maybe all of them will have the high number. And as you go through time, you can do the list again and see if the numbers are coming down. Okay, so we're moving on to the next. Now, this is where we have, other than writing a journal, which is an action step, the next action step, yes, writing a journal is an action step. It's saying, I am important enough to take myself seriously with this thing. I want to do something about it. But first, I'm going to get aware of it. And awareness is the first step to helping yourself feel better, okay? Awareness is huge. Listening to this podcast is huge. Did you know that if you're still listening to this podcast now, you have a lot of courage? You have a lot of courage to be willing to face something that may be very uncomfortable for you, okay? So the next step is to set small objective goals for each item on the list. In general, you want to work on feeling more comfortable and confident in group settings. But what kinds of steps will it take to accomplish that specifically? It would be nice to tear off, tear through the list in a week and get over all of the anxieties at once, right? That might be too much to take on, though. An objective goal might be making three comments in a classroom discussion of a novel or to ask one person on a dinner date. Something that you can quantify with a yes or a no, I did it or I can't. Use your exposure hierarchy as a guide, starting with the least intimidating triggers. Okay, so I'm just going to read this one more time so it's clear. Set small objective goals for each item on the list. You're going through your list. I don't know how many items there are. That's between you and yourself. Or you may decide, you know, my list is so long, I, I'm, I'm never going to be able to get to all of these items. So let's start with five things, okay? You want to make this attainable and reachable. You don't want to feel overwhelmed by all of this. So let's say there are five things. That, that trigger you. Or if there are 50 things, you're going to pick the five biggest things, okay? This is about getting, getting, you know, being able to 
deal with it constructively and efficiently and effectively. So you're going to set small objective goals for each item on your list. In general, you want to work on feeling more comfortable and confident in group settings. But what kinds of steps will it take to accomplish that specifically? It would be nice to tear through the list in a week and get over all the anxieties at once. That might be too much to take on, though, just as I was saying. An objective goal might be making three comments in a classroom discussion or to ask one person on a dinner date. I mean, to some people, that's a very huge thing to do, especially if you're afraid they're going to say no. So, by the way, that does not include a group, does it? You can have social anxiety with individual people, too. So, um, in a way, it can even be worse, I feel. Uh, the anxiety could be worse with an individual because you don't have a group to to help pad what's going on. I mean, you may feel, on the other hand, if, I have, if I'm around a group, that group could gang up on me. If you had siblings growing up who were bigger than you, older than you, and, you know, they they competed with you, against you, uh, and you felt bullied, guess what? You've been set up. You This set up a pattern for you now to have anxiety about dealing with groups because that trust uh, about a group it can be um, damaged depending on how you were treated as a kid. And they don't call it sibling rivalry for nothing, you know. Siblings can be brutal and actually abusive. Okay, let's call it what it is. If you've got a you've got a bullying older sibling, it could be the same age, could be someone younger too. But you got somebody who's been here already before you got to this earth right? And here you come taking over there, you know, they're taking attention away from them. And it's about surviving, you know, who am I? So now I'm going to bully this younger one into submission so that I can feel important and puff myself up. Okay, so it's one thing is important for you to know is that if you have this kind of social anxiety, it is not your fault. Okay, there's really nothing that's wrong with you. It's something that you you have that you're experiencing. Okay, so if you can stop identifying it as you, that probably will help too. It's something that you are feeling. It's something that may have that you are conditioned to feel. If you didn't have a welcoming kind of a, a family, for example, or when you're growing up, you, you, there was a lot of hostility. How are you expecting yourself to be feeling comfortable around strangers? So whatever you grew up with, sets the stage for how you feel later on, whatever you grew up with. So now we're going on to the next 
step here, and that's tackling the list. Remember the list we're talking about that you wrote down with the hierarchy. Okay, start slow and accomplish a few of your goals at a time. Think of it as an exercise regimen. Loading up the bench press with 300 pounds won't make you stronger if you've never lifted weights before. It'll just put you in danger. So don't leap right into volunteering or for keynote presentations at a conference before you feel comfortable talking informally to your coworkers or to anybody else. This is why putting your anxiety triggers into a list is a smart idea. I like that idea. When you feel like you can regularly accomplish the first objective goal on your list, say you're making three comments in class on a regular basis, then move on to the next item on your list, maybe striking up a conversation with a stranger on the bus. Remember, the list should be cumulative. When you move on to dinner dates, don't suddenly stop commenting in class. If you start feeling stressed and anxious, then maybe it's not time to move down the list yet. Slow down and move at your own pace. The point is that you're moving, moving forward. Be gentle with yourself, okay? Reward yourself. Reward yourself for getting started with this list. And then there's another step here. Know when to bail. Tried to go to the big office Christmas party and feel like crawling out of your skin? It's not doing anyone any good to sit incapacitated in the corner and be miserable. You're still working on your list at your own pace. So in other words, you can set a limit for how much you can accomplish at the beginning or at the middle of your progress here. Try and stay with the event for at least five to ten minutes. You could wear a watch or maybe your cell phone has the time on it, which most cell phones do. So try and stay with the event for at least five to ten minutes. Sorry about that. Sometimes when things look grim, like they're going to change for the worse, things miraculously get better, and you'll wish you wouldn't have left so soon. But then if things are going better, you can stay, right? So in other words, you want to have you want to have a flexible plan here. So if it's going well, I'll stay. I'll stay long. But if it's not going well, I'm out of here in five to ten minutes. All right. Bring a ready-made excuse in case you feel uncomfortable and need a reason to leave. If you tell people you're just dropping by for a few minutes before you have to go drive a friend to the airport, watch one of your siblings or help your dad clean out the garage, you're free to use it as an excuse. Or stay on if you're having a good time. If anyone asks, brush it off by telling them that you got a text about changing plans or that you mixed up the days. Now, I'm not big. Now, I'm I by the way, I am reading this from WikiHow. So, I'm not big on making up stories. I don't think it's a good idea, but you can have a backup plan, I would say. So, in other words, I have things, you know, everybody's got stuff they have to do, right? 
So what you can say is, I'm going to this party, and if I need to, if I need to bail, I can just, and I feel that I have to explain why. Uh, I will just offer that information briefly. You know, I've got things I have to take care of at home. That's a good one, right? That you don't have to be going into detail at all. Speak up and have something to say. Now, this is really big. While you're trying to stretch yourself out and work outside your comfort zone, it shouldn't be at the expense of content. If you're chipping into a group meeting at work, make sure that it's it's that smart business strategy you came up with a few weeks ago rather than a parrot or something someone else has already said. Try talking in a moderately louder voice than you usually do, making eye contact and speaking decisively. This projects confidence and will command presence. Try not to talk about yourself too much. An interesting anecdote is one thing, and you should want to tell it, but be careful not to make a conversation self-centered. One thing that will work in with strangers or anybody else is to ask, ask people about themselves. People do like to talk about themselves. And you can also, if you're feeling awkward in a situation, you can, you can compliment somebody. Take an interest in what they're doing, what they're saying, maybe even something they're wearing. You know, something can become a conversation uh, point. Then uh, another, the next point is ask questions. What are the easiest ways to get more comfortable in one-on-one conversations or group discussions is to ask questions instead of trying to think of witty or fascinating things to say. You'll put the others at ease if you ask sincere and open-ended questions, the responses to which you're you're genuinely interested in hearing. One-to-one, ask somebody what they think of a particular news or sporting issue. Discuss a movie you've both seen recently, a particular teacher you've both had, or other shared experiences. In a group, start a question. I wonder what everyone thinks about blank. That would be fill in the blank. This will keep you engaged, even if you don't necessarily have anything to add to the topic. Often people will shoot these or different questions back at you, making the conversation flow more easily and comfortably. Listen actively and curiously. This can make all the difference in the world. Don't just wait for your turn to speak. Listen to what someone else says and then respond to their comments. Think about what they're saying. So this is about taking the focus off of you and putting it on to somebody else. That's what this is about. Pay attention to your body language. This is a big percentage of conversation. Don't look over someone's head, but try and make eye contact. Creating the conditions for confidence. Creating the conditions for confidence. Practice relaxation techniques. If you're struggling to feel comfortable in new social situations, Learn ways to relax yourself. Meditation and exercises like yoga, 
Tai Chi and relaxation breathing are techniques you can always turn to to calm down and prepare yourself to face your challenges calmly. Remember, your fear can't hurt you. Remember, your fear can't hurt you. Learn to recognize your body overreacting to feelings of anxiety. And practice calming yourself in those situations. Pick a mantra or a pump-up song. Recite a comforting prayer, line of poetry, or famous quotation. Something that inspires you and that you can return to when feeling anxious. Even something as simple as, I can do this, will help center yourself and feel confident. I can do this. Now here's a big one. Here's a really big one. Surround yourself with kind and trusted people. Going to group gatherings can be much more comfortable if you've got a friend with you to reassure you. It's hard to do this all by yourself. Gather your supporting friends and tell them that you're working on your anxiety issues. Formal support groups for anxiety may exist in your area. This can be a good way to share your experiences in a welcoming and comfortable environment. De-emphasize the cool crowd. This can be especially true in school, but also permeates the workplace, church groups, and even informal social gatherings. If you feel a pressure to associate with the most popular members of a group, learn why. Is this because you're genuinely, genuinely interested in something about these people? Often this isn't the case. Try a new look. Try changing your hairstyle, clothing style, or even getting your ears pierced. Simple changes make people take notice. But more importantly, they give you a newfound sense of confidence. Dress in a way that makes you feel good about yourself. Look to someone you admire like a celebrity or older sibling for inspiration. Staying calm in the moment, here here are some tips. Use breathing techniques. People who suffer from social anxiety often find themselves in situations where their panic gets better of them and they have difficulty breathing. In this situation, one of the best ways to regain control and calm your mind is just to focus on your breathing. Close your eyes and inhale deeply through the nose for six seconds. Let's do this right now. And only if you're not driving or operating mechanical equipment. So you need to be seated. Close your eyes and inhale deeply through the nose for six seconds. Ready? Here we go. Feel the breath moving down through your chest into the pit of your stomach. As you breathe, try to clear your mind, focusing on nothing but the movement of air in and out of your body. Exhale, exhale slowly through your mouth for another six seconds. 
Repeat this exercise until you begin to feel calm again. The beauty of this exercise is that it can be performed anywhere at any time. The next tip, get your friends to help you. When dealing with social anxiety, don't be afraid to lean on people that you feel comfortable with, such as your close friends and family. They will be more happy to help you overcome your fears. If you have to give a presentation, for example, gather a few of your closest friends and practice in front of them. It might feel a little awkward, but it shouldn't be nearly as uncomfortable as practicing in front of strangers. Your friends will help motivate you by encouraging you and giving you praise. They might also have some helpful tips or suggestions that will help you to feel more comfortable or confident with your presentation. If you have to attend a large event, such as a party or conference, bring a close friend or family member along with you for support. Just having a familiar face close by can make a huge difference to your confidence levels. If you start to feel overwhelmed, ask them if they would step outside with you for a minute. Now, what happens if you are by yourself? I personally think that that's just fine. In fact, you'll have more time to write down notes and not be distracted by another person because there's a responsibility in going somewhere with somebody. You know, they need you too. They need you to pay attention to them too. So if you're really getting in touch with this anxiety of yours, it's not the worst thing in the world to go by yourself. But bring your notebook. You can always, if you feel like you need the support of a friend, you can you can say, can I text you? You know, I'm feeling some anxiety, but I want to do this by myself. So I'm going to bring my phone, and I want to be able to text you and let you know how I'm doing. <clears throat> the next step is to be prepared. If you have to stand up in front of a large group of people to give a presentation or speech, it's very important to come prepared. Being prepared will help give you extra confidence, as you won't need to worry about messing things up quite as much. There's always the, you know, you can't control everything aspect. So the best best way to conquer that fear of speaking in front of people is just to do it and see it as something you are actually giving to somebody else. Try learning your speech off by heart. This will help you to avoid forgetting any important point of the day itself. I'm sorry, point on the day itself. Stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself while talking. This will help you to see what you actually look like and help you to pick out any nervous expressions or gestures. You could also videotape yourself talking. Make good notes on flashcards that you can refer to on the day. Even if you don't end up using them, having them close by will boost your confidence. So this is about if you have to talk in front of a group. The next step, calm your mind. Social anxiety often occurs as the result of overthinking a situation and focusing on the worst possible outcomes or having no idea what the outcome might be and feeling no sense of control over that outcome. 
To overcome this, you need to calm your mind and avoid thinking about what's worrying you. Try to distract yourself by telling yourself a story or reading a magazine or a book. Play a game with yourself or call a friend or family member on the phone. Instead of focusing on the negatives, try focusing on the positives. Instead of telling yourself that you're going to forget your speech or trip over on the stage, imagine the audience giving a standing ovation and cheering your name. So you're going to visualize... You're going to visualize a positive outcome. That's powerful. Our minds are very powerful. They say we only use a very small portion of our minds, of our brains. So get that in gear. Know that what what you're thinking really has a very important impact on the outcome. Then they talk here about confident speaker. One of the signs is they make eye contact with their audience. However, if you suffer from social anxiety, making eye contact can make you feel uncomfortable or cause you to lose your train of thought. Therefore, one good trick is to look at the audience's foreheads rather than directly in their eyes. This gives the appearance that you're making contact allowing you to fool the crowd and give the impression of confidence. The other thing you can do is you can look at people in the eyes and know that you're connecting with them and they're connecting with you. And that can be very, very nurturing for you. And actually a confidence booster. So that's another way of looking at things. And that those are my thoughts, not Wiki House. Then the next segment, they say overcoming your anxiety over time. Overcome negative thoughts. Remember what I was saying before about your thinking is very powerful for, you know, to determine the outcome of events, actually. One of the biggest problems with social anxiety is that sufferers tend to have many negative thoughts and become paranoid about what other people are thinking about them. These fears are usually completely unjustified and will only serve to cripple you further. People with social anxiety are usually afraid to speak up and introduce themselves or make their opinion heard because they're worried about how other people will perceive them. You may have negative thoughts like, what if I sound stupid? Or what if they don't like me? Having these negative thoughts prevents you from being yourself in social situations and makes social anxiety worse. That's why eliminating negative thoughts is one of the first steps in getting rid of social anxiety. I'm going to read that one more time. That's why eliminating negative thoughts is one of the first steps in getting rid of social anxiety. And what are the negative thoughts? The negative thoughts are about you and what people are going to think about you. Eliminating negative thoughts is a process. It will require you to actively stop thinking, stop yourself from thinking negative thoughts and replacing them with positive thoughts instead. Try using positive affirmations. Stand in front of the mirror every morning and say, I am a kind and talented person. 
and anyone would be lucky to have me as a friend. If you do this every morning, you will eventually start to believe it. Another way to do this is write this down so you can look at that every day. I will say these words again. I am a kind and talented person, and anyone would be lucky to have me as a friend. That feels good to say that. Face your fears. Many people who suffer from social anxiety tend to avoid their fears rather than facing up to them. Although this can help to alleviate social anxiety in the short run, it can actually make the anxiety worse in the long run. Facing your fears is always difficult and requires a lot of bravery and determination. But if you want to cure your anxiety, it is something you must do. Don't try to tackle your fears all at once. This will only cause you to feel overwhelmed. Take baby steps to overcome your fear little by little. For example, if you are unable to speak in public, don't try to deal with your fear by speaking in front of an entire auditorium, at least in the beginning. Instead, try giving a speech in front of your best friend or even your cat and work your way up little by little. No matter how severe the fear, if you break it into small steps and don't push yourself too far too soon, you will eventually be able to deal with it. Okay, eventually. Take it in small steps. This is about being kind to yourself, right? Being gentle with yourself. It's like you have to take yourself by the hand. Next tip, expand your social circle. People who suffer from social anxiety can find it very difficult to put themselves out there and meet new people. However, this is an essential part of overcoming anxiety and moving forward with your life. Think of an activity that you enjoy doing, whether it's knitting, horseback riding, or running, and find a group of people in your local area who share this interest. You'll find it much easier to strike up a conversation with people who have who have similar interests to your own. If you get invited to a party or event, make sure you say yes. People with social anxiety tend to shy away from group gatherings, but this can cause you to feel even more isolated and unhappy, and I'd like to add even more anxious. Make an effort to go to any social gathering, even if it's only for half an hour. You need to push yourself out of your comfort zone if you want to get better. Now, what's interesting about that is, what is a comfort zone if you're uncomfortable? It's kind of like a misnomer, right? You're not in a comfort, you're not comfortable, but maybe you're feeling more self-protected. But if you know you have this anxiety, you're not comfortable in your quote-unquote comfort zone. You're still uncomfortable. So the only way, as I read once, the only way out through, you've got to go through it. You've got to face your fears. Next step, improve your communication Skills. Improving your communication skills by taking a public speaking or debate class can be very useful in improving your social anxiety. Isn't that interesting? Here, you will get to practice standing up in front of people 
which allows you to face your fears in a safe, comfortable setting. That is provided it's a safe group and you don't have nasty people in there making comments. Get a friend to sign up for a class with you. You will be less inclined to drop out at the last minute if you have someone else to go with you. Doing a class in communications is also a great opportunity to meet new people and make new friends. People in these classes may also suffer from social anxiety, so they will understand exactly how you feel and be more supportive as a result. Finally, you want to stay motivated. Overcoming social anxiety is a process which requires focus, willpower, and determination. You will not be able to cure your social anxiety overnight, so it's important that you stay motivated. One effective way of keeping yourself motivated is to set a specific goal. This could be something as simple as going to a party by yourself or something as ambitious as agreeing to give a speech or presentation at some point in the future. Having a goal will help you to stay focused. As, you give, as it gives you a timeline to follow and provides you with something to work towards. You can also boost your motivation levels by writing out a couple of your favorite motivational quotes onto pieces of paper and sticking them onto your bedside table or bathroom mirror. Then you will feel motivated whenever you see them. I like that one. Finally, I welcome you to contact me directly. Uh, if you would like to be a guest on my show and an upcoming podcast, we can continue this topic because there's really a lot to discuss, and I'd love to hear how you're doing. If you've listened to this show, you can contact me directly at lisa at talkboxradio.com. Lisa, L-I-S-A, at talkboxradio.com. You can also go directly to my website, talkboxradio.com, and you can contact me through there by filling out a very simple, easy form. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear hear how you're doing, hear how you found this show, if this was helpful for you, if you have any additional comments, any ideas you'd like to share with listeners that you think could be helpful. That could help you with your social anxiety if you do have it, in fact. On that happy note, or on the happy note of hearing from you, that's really what I meant. I don't mean having social anxiety is a happy thing. But on the happy note of knowing that this was helpful for you, I am going to bid you a fond farewell. And thank you so much for listening to my podcast. And please click on the follow link above, just above the box there where the podcast is, where you see the uh, pictures, so that I can keep in touch with you that way. I wish you a very relaxed day or evening whenever you happen to be listening to this please check out my website talkboxradio.com 
I'm your host, Lisa Earhart. Thank you for listening. And good night. <laughs>